Welcome to this Happy Home Podcast. I'm Arlene Pellicane. You've probably heard of the fear of missing out, FOMO, but today we're going to talk about the joy of missing out with productivity expert, Tanya Dalton, who's here to help us live more by doing less. Strengthening you and your family. (laughs) Welcome to the Happy Home Podcast with your host, Arlene Pellicane. Are you ready to become an ultra productive person after listening to this podcast? Hey, no need to be intimidated because author and expert Tanya Dalton is here to help us clarify what's really important in your life and how you can do less each day, not more. It's all about doing what's most important for you and your family. So it's not about quantity, but about quality. I learned so much from this conversation, and I know you will too. Tanya's new book is The Joy of Missing Out, Live More by Doing Less. Tanya is the founder and CEO of Inkwell Press Productivity Company. She's got some beautiful journals you can check out, among other products. Tanya teaches others how to customize systems for achieving their dreams. Her Inkwell Press products have been featured on BuzzFeed, HGTV Online, Today Online, and Pop Sugar. Tanya is married to John and they have two kids, Jack and Kate. Let's get started on your productivity journey. Your book is The Joy of Missing Out, Live More by Doing Less. And already I'm like, I love this because (laughs) it is not FOMO. It is it is JOMO. And I love that. And in your book, you had some graphs that really caught my attention. You showed like little dots and there'd be like 100 dots. Like if we were to be born and let's say we live to be 100 years old, we have 100 dots. You can kind of see visually what you're working with. And I'm in my late 40s. And so then I could see, wow, all those dots are already gone. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see what dots are left. And you did this, you know, with your children too, like thinking, okay, if you have 18 yeah. years with your kids, and then you had all these dots for Friday nights, 936 Friday nights. And it was so interesting to see it in that form and realize that, you know, now I have a high schooler and it showed in graphic form, you know, a graph that showed me, okay, I've got 208 Friday nights left with this teenager because he's in high school. And yeah. less because now he's a Mm -hmm. sophomore. So tell me like what gave you this idea to represent our years in dots and how has that helped you? Well, you know, I think time is one of those things. Time and priorities are both very abstract thoughts. Yeah. And they're really hard to really visualize. And so I wanted to take this idea of, of time and I wanted to make it physical. So you could literally see the passing of time and how it affects you, how much time you have left. Because a lot of times it's not until you can really physically see something that you're like, Oh, okay. Right. I can see, right? right? And I feel that way, especially with those, um, the hundred years that we have, you know, with our kids, where really we only get 18 years with them living with us, where we can impart our values and our morals and our ethics into them. And that's really, you know, less than 20% of their lives. So when we look at it, and we see, you know, this this season in my life, it might be really hard because parenting is, is, it's definitely a difficult, challenging, yet very rewarding thing that we all take on. 
when you look at it in terms of this is a season of my life and it's also a season of my children's life, it makes it easier when we're going through some of those harder times or those tough times. And I like to think of my children's years in terms of Friday nights because Mm -hmm. Friday nights for me, the weekend is spread before us. It's for pizza night and movies or games or something that we do together as a family. And I feel like a lot of times for me personally, I was taking those Friday nights for granted. It was just like, oh, it's Friday night. But when we look at it as as time passing and how many Friday nights we have left as time marches on, I also have a high schooler, so I can totally associate with what you're talking about. When we start to see those dwindling down, we start to really realize, oh my gosh, I want to... I want to squirrel these away. I want to to spend more time with my kids. And what I really want people to take away from this whole activity is let's treat our priorities as priorities all along. Let's not wait until time is dwindling down. Let's not wait until we feel like we're on that countdown clock. Let's take advantage of every single moment. And not just with our kids, but every single moment that God has given us on this earth is a gift. We have no more time in our lives than we do at this very moment. Let's really prioritize what is the most important to us and let's let's create our days around that. How do we start developing like, okay, this sounds good. How do I know what is that North Star in my family? What is that priority in the family? Just kind of talk through someone who wants to go through that mm-hmm. process of being able to identify, okay, these are my priorities. Yeah, so this is exactly why I started the book with that first section as discovery, because it's so important to center and anchor everything on those priorities, on your passion, on your purpose, on your priorities. And so we walk through that in that first section of the book, because I think that everything else you do should be centered around that, should be centered around you and what is most important. So for me, when I talk about the North Star in the book, it's really your mission your vision and your core values. So why you do what you do, where you want to go with your life, and then how do you want to get there? That's your mission, your vision, and your core values. Okay, you, need, we, to, you need to say that one more time because someone's like, whoa, that's really good. Could she say that again? <laughs> so say that one yeah, more time. Yeah, absolutely. So your North Star is your mission statement. And your mission statement says not just what you do, but why you do what you do. And then it's also your vision statement, which is where you want to go. And it's your core values, which tells you how you want to get there. Mm -hmm. What are the things that you want to have define you in your life? And when we allow that North Star to shine, it really does light the path that I truly believe God has designed for us, that we all have a path. We all have a journey um, that is set for us. And when we have that North Star guiding us, it allows that light to shine and therefore we can really focus our days on what is most important. Yeah, it's so good. And and you know what? A lot of us, we just think, oh, that's great, but we don't do it. But if we just mm-hmm. simply took a few minutes like to think of those questions, you have something like a five-minute activity that you suggest. It's a daily download where you ask yourself questions at the end of the day. Yes. Um, so that really interested me because that doesn't take very long. It's only five minutes. I mean, Lord knows we spend five minutes rifling through emails that aren't important yes. or looking at sales or going mm-hmm. through Instagram. So we can find that five minutes. So what would you suggest, um, kind of talk us through, so we, if we want to take just five minutes today to start on this path, talk us through that five-minute activity. Yes, and I think you touched on something really 
really uh, poignant there, that we, we have five minutes to really spend time investing in ourselves. We spend that five minutes scrolling on our phone or doing other things. Let's really take those little pockets and, and make them yeah. matter. And I love activities that you can do that are simple, that are quick, that are easy to implement, especially as parents. We have a lot of things going on and, and we want to get us all moving. I, wa- I want our whole team, my whole family, which I refer to as a team, <laughs> moving in that same direction. So the daily download is, like I said, five minutes. And so you spend the first minute celebrating your wins. What were the wins from today? Too often I feel like we do things throughout our day and then we just forget about them, right? We've, we've lost sight of what we've done. So taking one minute to just reflect back on what you've accomplished in the day really allows you to end your day on a strong note, feeling more successful, which I think is really important. Minute two is spent assessing your day. How does your day feel today? Was it stressful? Did you feel like maybe you put too much on your plate? Um, How did you feel about your health? How did you feel in general? And part of the reason for this is if you're finding that every time you're doing this activity, you're like, gosh, my day was really stressful and I felt like there was a lot on my plate. And we need to adjust that. We yeah. need to change that. Instead of piling more on your plate tomorrow, let's try scheduling a little bit less. Let's really make it so our days are achievable. Yeah, it's like so min- that's mi- minute two is talking to you. <laughs> yeah, basically, yes. And so minute three is spent focusing on how did I work towards a goal? What did I do today to get me closer to a goal? Each day we should be doing one little thing, even if it's a teeny tiny step, to get us closer to our end goal. Where do we want to go in our life? And our goals are tied to that. So if you just do one small thing each day, by the end of the year, you will have accomplished a lot more than you ever even expected. Even though they're little tiny steps, those steps add up. Then during minute four, I want you to spend spend that minute on three things you are grateful for, for that day. And this really gets you scanning your day, looking for things that are positive. It's really easy to get stuck on the negative in our day that this didn't go well or I didn't do this well. What were three things you're grateful for? It's always good to spend some time on some gratitude because we all have a lot to be grateful for. And then minute five is spent putting a little bit of water in your well. So really getting some energy ready for tomorrow. So get the ideas out of your head and onto paper of what you'd like to accomplish the following day. So we're not planning out the day, we're just getting them out of our head and onto that piece of paper. So that way, when we close our work compartment in our head and we focus on our family, we no longer have those thoughts swirling around our head, like, oh, I gotta work on the presentation or I need to check in with this customer. It's on that paper and it's ready to go. And what I love about doing this activity that takes five minutes is I write it down and I leave it on my desk. So the next day when I sit down to do my planning, that gives me my momentum. I start every day reviewing my daily download. What did, I, what did I do well yesterday? What was I grateful for? How did I feel? What did I do? And then what do I want to work on today? And so that's what productivity is about. It's a lot of this momentum and using springboards to make life easier. It's not about doing more. It's doing what is most important. How do we make life so it is there to be enjoyed rather than just endured? Okay, this is amazing, because in one sense, what you said, because I'm kind of thinking from my life and the listeners like, wow, that's overwhelming. How am I going to do that? That's a lot. But in another sense, that took you five minutes. Five and minutes. And once you yeah. get in the habit of doing it, 
then all of a sudden it becomes easier to do and you're going to do it on autopilot. So I think that's beautiful. So for our listeners, The Joy of Missing Out, the book, that's going to help outline it. And then Tanya's got some amazing journals and things at Inkwell Press that you can look at that you can start doing this yourself. So that's awesome. How Have you taught your children to do, like, do, do your kids like say, oh, well, let me do my daily download? <laughs> like, yes. Do, would love to talk about that. Absolutely. You know, here's the thing is, we're, none of us are really born with just this productivity gene where we right. know how to do all these things. And so I really feel like it's our job as parents to set up our children for success. I want when my little birds leave my nest that they don't just fly, that they soar. And so part of that is really giving them the tools to make that happen. So instead of me doing everything for them, it really is about handing those reins over to them, investing in my children on a regular basis so that they are able to do their own daily download. They're able to make their own timelines for projects and planning. Um, I am a big, big advocate of um, team planning. So I do team planning with my family every Sunday where we sit down. I even have a video about how this works um, on YouTube if uh, anyone wants yeah. to check that out where we sit down and we map out what's going on this week. What are the activities that are happening? What needs to happen this week? What, uh, what projects do the kids have going on? And they are in charge of telling me what projects they have going on and which milestones they're wanting to hit because they create their own timelines for their projects. And what this does is it really allows us to come together as a family to support each other and encourage each other because, you know, as a team, our job, is to really lift one another up. Now, sometimes that means me lifting up my kids, right? Like yep. when Jack has a play practice late at night because the play is getting ready to happen, then it's our job to all work together to maybe help out a little bit with his chores or help keep him on track with his homework. But the same also goes for when I have a stressful time. You know, I yep. have something going on at work, I tell my kids about it, and it's their job to lift me as well. I think a lot of times as parents, we think we're supposed to do all the lifting. Yep. When really, when you allow your children to be part of your support system, when you take them into what life is really like and, and how you have some struggles and how they can really help you out, that makes them feel like a stronger part of the team. And I really think that is so important to build that team mentality. And so throughout the book, I sprinkle a lot of those ideas in because I truly believe that we want to impart these ideas to our children. We want them to feel like they're a part of that team, that family that we have together. I love that. Dinner a la Jack. I love it. Yes. <laughs> so good. So help us. Sometimes we just think, well, we're busy. So that's good. I'm really busy. So I must be doing really good because, wow, I've got a lot in my calendar. But busy doesn't necessarily mean productive. So just talk us through how to tell if we're just busy or if we're truly productive. Well, truly, the difference is busy is doing everything. And productive is doing what matters most. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people confuse productivity. They think it's really about how many things can I check off my to-do list? How much can I get done in a day? How can I, how can I cram more into my already tight schedule? And I say, no, 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 no. <laughs> let's, let's clear the schedule and let's first put in the things that are truly most important. So that's really the biggest difference. It's, it's about that mindfulness and that intentionality. So anytime that we're really truly being productive, it takes intention. It also means slowing down a little bit. It means doing less, but doing things that are more important, yep. things that are truly beneficial to you, beneficial to your family, beneficial to your community. And I think that that's really important. We feel like we are supposed to be busy, that we are supposed to fill our day with a thousand different tasks and errands. 
And we end up spinning ourselves in circles where we're just exhausted and we're overwhelmed. And then we get into bed at night and we think to ourselves, why didn't I get more done? I should have done more. I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. And that's very defeating. What I think really happens is when you are truly productive and you spend your time on what matters most, which might mean five things instead of 50 things that are unimportant, spending your time on fewer things, but things that really do drive you closer to that North Star, we slide into bed at night and we think, oh my gosh, I'm getting closer to my goals. Oh my gosh, I'm getting closer to that ideal day that I, that I dream about. Oh my gosh, I've done so well today. That is truly how we want to end our days, feeling really good about not just our own lives, but the good that we're putting forth into this world and the way that we're raising our children. All of that is so important. And that's what happens when we stop focusing on everything and instead we choose to focus on what is most important. I love that. And um, I want to ask about technology, because I write a lot about screens and about limiting mm -hmm. those screens, setting boundaries. You know, I think screen time is probably one of our largest enemies in terms of productivity. So yes. talk a little bit about like the boundaries, like good boundaries that a person can set with their technology. Yeah, I love this question, because I think a lot of people feel like they should be doing everything on technology. And I think that technology definitely plays an important role in our everyday lives. And I think there's a lot to be said for that communication that we can have yep. um, through some of those project sharing apps like Asana and Trello and things like that. And even email and social media has its benefits when we're using it in a very intentional, very purposeful way. Yep. It, it can connect us and allow us to really stay in touch with other people. However, we don't really want to use technology for everything because many times technology is purely a distraction, first of all, but also technology affects your brain in a very different way. Um, when we write down our plans, when we write down our goals, we are more likely to achieve them when we write them down than if we type them. In fact, there was this really fascinating study, uh, I believe it was uh, UCLA that ran this study where they had students take notes in a classroom, you know, in a, in a college, yeah. and they wanted to see which would be more successful, people who typed their notes or people who wrote them by hand. So they assumed people who typed them would do better because they would have more notes. They'd be able to type faster, so the notes would be, you know, more thorough. And they were right. There were a lot more notes. But again, more is not always better mm. because what they found was those people who wrote their notes, even though there were fewer notes, they wrote what was most important and it triggered their brain differently. So the students who wrote by their notes by hand actually outscored those who typed in their notes, like far exceeded. I think they did almost twice as well as those who typed. And so the researchers were shocked. So they did the test again. They did the whole study again, same results. So here's the thing is we need to figure out when is technology really a benefit to us? When is it a gift to yeah. us? And when is it not? We don't need to do everything on technology. And you're right. This addiction to our screens is becoming an epidemic, quite frankly. I feel like um, when we allow ourselves some white space, some, some space, some quiet time where maybe we're even disconnected from our screens, we finally kind of look up and we... <laughs> we start to see, oh, there's a whole world around us. And we start to connect deeper with people around us. And we even connect deeper with ourselves when we stop walking around hunched over our screen. Right. So it really is about figuring out when is technology a benefit and yep. when is it when is it not? 
and then choosing those times accordingly. And maybe not defaulting straight to that screen every time that you have a second. Really embracing that white space and allowing yourself to just let your brain create and be imaginative. Like we used to do in the car when we were little, right? Right. There was no screens. We looked out the window. We made, you know, we made animals out of the clouds and, and we played games in the car. We connected with each other. We connected with our imagination. We can still do that today if we choose to put our phones down and we focus on what matters most. Yep. And what matters most is most of the time it's people and it's not yes. like the little app. It's not like this little, you know, um, emoji, like it is the person and you can reach yes. out to them far more efficiently and effectively face to face than phone to phone when it comes to our closest people. You know, in your book, The Joy of Missing Out, you t you had this little vignette that I thought was so heartwarming and it was about your son stopped he stopped calling you a certain name, the certain yes. name that he used to always call you. What was that name? Yes, my, when my son stopped calling me mommy. Right. <laughs> it, was, it was a heartbreaking, heart-wrenching moment right. when I realized he called out to me and he said, you know, oh, it was such and such mom. I don't even remember what he asked me about. I simply right. remember looking at my husband. I think my mouth was like open and I go, did he just call me mom? Right. And my husband was like, uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> and I know this is a good thing. I know it's good because my son is 16. At yeah. some point, it becomes strange for your son to call you mommy, right? Right. right? But at the same time, it's that whole idea that time is passing us by. When is the last time that your child is going to call you mommy or daddy? When is the last time they're going to reach for your hand when you're crossing the parking lot? When is it the last time for anything? None of us know that. So let's take these moments, let's grab hold of them, and let's live them to their fullest. Time management is not about managing your time, it's really savoring the moments, finding the joy that's nestled right there. All right, my friends, you've learned. You can prioritize and center around your mission, your vision, and your core values. And I love that five-minute daily downloads. Remember, minute one, you celebrate your wins of the day. Minute two, assess the day. How did you feel? Minute three, working towards that goal. What did you do today to work towards your goal? Number four, what are three things you're grateful for that happened today? And number five, minute five, what do I need to accomplish tomorrow? So that is only five minutes that really gives you perspective of where you are and where you're going with a grateful heart. I love that. So let's, let's join Tanya and let's do less, but we do more because we're doing what's really important and we're concentrating on getting the important things done and the things that are not so important, we let those things go. So if you need a little more help with your organization and with your productivity, I encourage you to get Tanya's book, The Joy of Missing Out, and you can find out more about all of Tanya's resources at tanyadalton.com. Well, thanks so much for listening to this Happy Home Podcast. If you need some encouragement as a parent, I invite you to look at my book, Parents Rising. And if you know a parent who needs some help with their productivity, uh, doesn't even have to be a parent, really anyone, please share this podcast. And if you found it useful at all, write up a quick review. Until next time, remember, you too can have a happy home. 